know that and because I love you, I'm going to talk to you and preach and teach a little bit about what I've been going through now. How many of you have been following me through all the Women Only Wednesdays? Yes, a majority of us. Praise the Lord. And if you don't, haven't, it's no big deal. We'll catch you up. I, um, I shared, no one's, they weren't supposed to tell anybody, but I shared with all the women only that I had been going through um, a sickness. I had, had encountered something that normally most preachers and teachers keep secret. Let me tell you that. Because when a pastor or a leader is faced with a medical situation, it's almost um, safe to just keep it away and just let people wonder. And, you know, and, and honestly, I just felt at liberty to tell you all because we're, we're, you know, girlfriends. Praise the Lord. I want you to know. And I know you're going to pray for me. You have the best interest in my heart, okay? So, so here, here it is, the sickness. Now, let me just go back a little bit. It all started with a cough. I had a cough a year ago. Pay attention, ladies. I had a cough a year ago. Probably 15 months ago, I had a cough, and I kept on coughing, and I didn't know what this cough was from. And you know, as women, what we do is we make excuses. Oh, I still got a cold. I'm doing too much. You know, everywhere I go, it's, it's the kids bringing home the diseases from the school. Praise the Lord. You know, always that little baby I hugged at church. They were kind of sick. You know, you, you, start, you start to make up things, and I had this cough, and it, it was an irritating cough, and I, I just dealt with it for a year, a year, 12 months, maybe 13 months with coughing. I was medicating myself, but you know, it would come back. It was really relentless. And so, so, you know, sickness comes in many forms. Amen. You don't have to just be physically sick or kind of uh, generically sick. I'll say like with a cold or a flu. Those are kind of sicknesses we accept as normal in just living in this fallen world. You can be sick in your emotions. You could be sick in your mind. Of course, you could be sick in your body. You could be sick in your thoughts. How about this? You could just be sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so, so sickness comes in many, many forms. So as I'm teaching, I don't want you just to think of, of physical sickness. Think of mental sickness. Maybe you're sick of the battle and sick of the struggle and sick of dealing with the same thing over and over again. It's just wearing you down. A sickness comes in many forms. And I believe that sickness attacks women because we are the heartbeat of this world. Now, men, they're the leaders, absolutely. We love strong men of God, right? But God designed us as women to be the heartbeat. We keep things going. We keep things moving. We keep things alive. As a woman, we're the heartbeat of our house, right? When things are going okay, they leave us alone, the children. But the moment somebody hits a roadblock, here it comes. Mama has to come up to the rescue. We keep the heartbeat or the tempo of the house going. We're the heartbeat of the church, I thank God that this church is 40% men. Praise the Lord. We see them on Sunday. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And if you're single, you should look cute on Sunday. Because you never know. Praise the Lord. Just look for his ring. Anyway. <laughs> Point is, or a tan line. Okay. Um. <laughs> Amen. We're the heartbeat of the church. We're the worshipers. We're the praisers. We're not ashamed to say hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. You rarely see men running around giving praise. It's us. We're the ones running because, we, you know, we don't, people don't know what we go through as women and what we endure and have to deal with on a daily basis. So we're the heartbeat. We're, we're the helpmate, the heartbeat to our church and to our husbands. Amen, lady? Lady, right? We're the heartbeat to the husbands. Um, we're the helpmate. We help. We were designed to help. That's why you naturally do it, even though you don't feel like it. Or you feel bad if you don't do it. Anybody like that? You don't want to, but if you don't, you just feel bad. Man, I wish God would take that away. 
I wish I just didn't care. But we're the heartbeat, we're the helpmate. You know, and our husbands, ladies, need us to be physically well, to be mental well, mentally well, to be emotionally well, to help with the process of the home and building and working and designing and budgeting and figuring it all out. You know, help, being the help is important. That's why the Satan attacks us because if the heartbeat stops, things begin to slow down. Things begin to no longer progress. There's a, you know, the enemy doesn't want to just stop us sometimes. He just wants to put us on pause. We're in the same place, not going anywhere because of sickness. You know, it, it, it's, it's difficult. I had someone in my life that was helping me with a lot of things, a lot of personal things at home, just doing a great job. God sent her into my life. She was a wonderful help to me. It's hard to run a church and have a husband and have five kids because it's only one of me. And this God-sent woman come in my life and said, I will help you. And she did. She did a great job for almost a year, a great job. But because of scheduling and times and things didn't work out, she couldn't do it any longer. And I really miss the help. You don't know how bad you need the help till you had the help and it's gone. And that's my point to you. Sickness will come into our life, not necessarily to mess with us, but to mess with the help that we were designed to give our families, our friends, our church, our community, our workplace. So here I am coughing for a year, coughing for a year, coughing for a year, ignoring it, coughing, ignoring it, coughing. Pastor, look at me. Are you done yet, he would say. I'm like, I don't know. I just have this cough, you know. Uh, you might even see me at church. I'd be talking and I would just cough. I didn't know what it was. So finally, the whole climax of this sickness, I was at home. It was February 15th. It was the day after a Valentine's Day. And my chest was hurting me really bad. I couldn't breathe. I, things were going foggy. Something was definitely wrong with me. Something was wrong. And those that have faced sickness before know how that feels when they know something just isn't right and so finally I just asked my husband because you know my husband he grew up in the place where you in a home where you don't go to the doctor you don't go get stitches you don't get antibiotics it just put some testing on it you know what I mean it's just it does it, it really it really doesn't matter there's always a home remedy um, if it's he, he doesn't believe in broken bones He'll look at it and just say it's not broken. And I'm like, honey, you're not a doctor. And then he says, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> he has his doctorate in divinity, praise the Lord. So I had to go to the hospital, and I get to the hospital, and um, some, something's definitely wrong, and I'm not sure what it is. And I'm thinking I had pneumonia, and they send me to the ER and say, no, actually, we think you may have had a heart attack. Now, this was in February. So here I am, 43 years old, wait a minute, a heart attack? I'm too young to have a heart attack. That can't happen to me, and I'm saved, I'm Holy Ghost filled, and do you know who I am? I'm Pastor Kelly. <laughs> so they keep me overnight, and they're doing all kinds of things with me, and I don't know about y'all, but hospitals to me kill people. I'm trying to get in and out. I'm not trying to stay. I'm sitting by the sick lady. I don't know what she has. I'm like, listen, I've got my own issues. I'm not trying to add to what I've got. So the next day or a day or about next day and a half, they said I could go home and they sent me on my way. And it was really messed up for me in my mind that here I'm a pastor, a woman of God, and they're saying I may or may not have had a heart attack. They couldn't tell what it was happening to me. But then it's good news when you're born again. If they don't know what it is, I always say, well, it's spiritual, praise the Lord, we'll get through it. So then they sent me on my way to see specialists. See, I'm just talking to y'all. I'm seeing specialists. There's a point to my story here. They sent me to see specialists. They took me to a heart specialist. I had to wear a monitor for a whole day. That was really kind of funny because I had taped up to all these things. Of course, me, I'm showing everybody, praise the Lord. Like, I'm a machine, you know. 
how to do that. I had to do a stress test, and then they sent me to a lung specialist. They tested me. They, might, they thought maybe I had um, valley fever, and they were checking my lungs, and they thought maybe you have asthma, and then maybe they, then they sent me to your nose and throat doctor, and they said, oh, you've got this, and you've got that, and, and every time I went, I was excited to go to the doctor because I was hoping that they would at least come with an answer of what I had, and every time they said that I had something, I said, no, 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 I don't have that. Uh, no, and they, they, would, they would just tell me what I had. And I'd say, no, no, I don't have that. That's not what it is. I don't have asthma. You know, I'm not gasping for air all the time. I don't have acid reflux. Give me a break. Praise the Lord. And I'm like, no, I don't have that. I don't, I don't. They were trying to tell me what I had. And I said, no, I don't have that. And I'm going to specialists and specialists and specialists. And I, again, would be excited to see a new specialist thinking they would have my answer. And then they would give me some random, we're not sure what it is. We're going we're gonna, to, and I'm like, you know what? I just paid a copay of $40 and I feel like I should get a refund. <laughs> if you can't tell me what I have, amen. I was really getting upset. I'm like, well, you know what? Says, no answer, no payment. Praise the Lord. You know, how, <laughs> how about I pay you after? I'll decide on the table if I'm going to pay you. <laughs> you know, when you're sick, it steals your money. Sickness steals your money. It steals your resources. Luke 8, uh, 43 through 47 talks about the woman with the issue of blood. You all know her story. Um, but uh, verse, verse 43 says, Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, for 12 years, tell your neighbor 12 years, spent all she had, all her livelihood on physicians. It could not be healed by any. Now, 12 years, 12 years. It took her 12 years to spend all. You know, I know financial experts tell us today that we should have at least three months worth of money saved up. Is that right, Sydney? We should have three months worth of income saved, right? Let's be honest, that's a stretch. Praise Jesus. This woman had 12 years worth of substance saved up because if she's sick, she's not working. So she had 12 years of money. Wouldn't that be awesome to have 12 years of salaries just saved up? That would feel really, really good. I would feel okay at Target. Praise the Lord. <laughs> to know you've got that surplus, okay? She spent all of her money on physicians, the word said, and could not be healed of any. Listen, sickness, the devil, the enemy will put sickness in our lives to steal our resources. And I used to hate going in to the doctor's office because here I go paying money again, hoping that I would get an answer. And they wouldn't give your money back. And I would spend money. It's, our health care is expensive, people of God. And then like get this prescription and get this prescription. I don't like taking pills. I didn't take any of them. I'm just telling you that. Because I'm not going to guess and take stuff. Come on, somebody. I mean, if, you, if you're not sure, why am I taking a pill? So I felt persistence rise up in my spirit because I knew something was wrong. Every time they would try to label me something, I'd say, no, that's not it. I felt a persistence where I'm like, okay, fine. Everyone knows I'm sick. I told the women at church I'm going through something. I'm going to find out what is really happening with me because I don't feel like myself. So I went to my doctor. And my doctor's looking at me, and I'm telling them all my symptoms I have, all the symptoms I have. And you know, after a while, doctors start looking at you like you're crazy. And I tell them, man of God, well, not man of God, but, you know, that's, look, doc. I said, you know, I, 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 know, I know they're saying they can't find ways, but something's wrong. And he says, well, let's do your blood work. How many of you know that the answer is always in the blood? Yes. Now, you know where I'm shifting to, right? I'm not talking about our blood. The answer is always found in the blood of Jesus. 
that anytime you're going through a situation or an issue, we serve a Christ that bled and died for us. And there is power in the blood of Jesus. There is healing in the blood of Jesus. I believe there's a song that says there is wonder-working healing in the blood of Jesus. The answer is in the blood. Tell your neighbor the answer is in the blood. It's in the blood. I'm telling you, the Word of God tells about how the blood, the first murder happened. The blood cried out to God, and God responded to the blood. God cares about your blood. And so once all my blood work came back, all of a sudden things were starting to make sense. And my doctor called me in and told me, your blood says this and your blood work is this. And my blood work was all messed up, women of God, all messed up. And finally they figured out what my problem was. And they actually diagnosed me with an autoimmune disease. Now, I'm, now listen, I'm going to tell you, it, it's not life um, killing. It's not going to kill my life, but it has definitely changed my lifestyle. It's tried to attack my quality of living, and it's frustrating, and I hate the devil because remember we just prayed, or we just read the scripture, um, praise the Lord, oh my soul, forget not his benefits. And one of his benefits is healing. So it goes against everything I believe in. Do you understand? But the blood work made the disease makes sense, and I was relieved. I said, praise God, I'm not going crazy. Thank you, Jesus. So here it is. My, my symptoms were fatigue, um, losing my memory, you know, fatigue, tired all the time. I would sleep 14 hours a day, people of God. Anybody that knows me knows I don't like to sleep really at all. But I was sleeping 14 hours a day, losing my memory. I was driving home from church and had to call pastor because I was lost in a city I had grown up in. I would go to the grocery store and forget why I was there. And I normally, normally do that. <laughs> But I was really doing it, okay? I'd be mid-sentence and couldn't remember what I was saying. I, the first time I preached to you guys, I was struggling with my words. I couldn't find the words to say. Like, in my memory, I, I had, was dealing with anxiety and depression again because my hormones were all messed up. And you all know I wrote, a, I wrote a book on depression. I started reading my own book, people of God. Um, my, I had trouble breathing. My heart had palpitations. I had throat pain, and I had a hoarse voice, and I had a cough. A cough that I couldn't get rid of. Remember the cough a year ago? And, of course, the last one was weight gain. All caused by this disease that they had found in my body. So after I got the diagnosis, I did what any strong woman of God would do. I started looking at the thing online. My history was web and deep, web and deep, web and deep. <laughs> I started looking at things online and symptoms and cases and studies and what they went through and what the other one went through and the worst case scenario and the best case scenario. And I started looking and reading and looking and reading and I became quite an expert on this disease. And you realize the more I was reading it, the worse I was feeling. Isn't that amazing how your mind can do that to you? I mean, I felt bad, praise the Lord. But, but, but I was, every time I would read, oh, I've got that, oh, I have that, mm-hmm, I have that, oh my God, I do have that. Do I do that? I think I do. <laughs> if I don't do that, should I? Because it's a symptom, <laughs> right? I'm reading these things, I'm reading these things, and I'm like, I'm, the, more, the more I look things up, the more, the more I feel, and the worse I feel, and I'm looking it up, and I'm looking it up, and I'm actually being okay with the diagnosis because I felt like, well, if the doctor said I have it, I have it, and it's all right, and I'm just going to go ahead and settle in with the sickness. You see what's happened? 
Faith is gone. Forget the faith. I'm just going to receive what they said because I'm going based on how I feel. It made sense. The more I looked, the worse I felt. I became a bit of a hypochondriac. You know what that is, right? A hypochondriac is no matter what you say, the problem is there. And it's magnified a million times. I began to follow how my body felt. And I began to live my life how my body felt. I would schedule my day based on when I might possibly get tired. I would schedule things. Well, I'm not sure if I can do that because usually about this time I start feeling bad again. See, I was scheduling my sickness. I'm okay about noon, so let me get all the stuff I can do by noon. And at noon, all of a sudden, this thing hits me. And you all know, right at noon, like clockwork, this thing would hit me. But I'm saying at noon, it's going to hit me. And then it would hit me, and I'd feel bad, and I'd feel terrible. And so I would schedule and cancel, and I began to live my life according to my sickness. John 5 and 1 talks about the man at the pool of Bethesda. You guys know that story. Remember, there's, Jesus said there, there's the pools and the, uh, the sick people are hanging out at the pool and the angel would come touch the water, people get healed. And I'm really paraphrasing really quickly here. But remember, there's a man that's there and he's like the pitiful man who's laying down and he's just, he's just been sick forever. The word of God said he's paralyzed and he would wait for the water to move and then everybody would blow past him and he would never get down to where he, nobody would pick him up. You know, he's just, nobody would do it. He's a victim. Nobody would help him. Nobody would pick him up. Nobody would roll him down to the, like, like if, I, if that was me, I'd roll myself down to the river. But nobody would roll him down. And then Jesus asked a profound question, do you want to be made well? I've taught on that many, many years. Do you want to be made well? I think it's a good question for us to even ask each other tonight. Do you want to be made well? I think Jesus goes around whispering to people that are dealing with sicknesses, asking them, well, do you even want it? Because what happens is you're so based on how you feel, you get convinced that this is it, this is what it's going to be, and it always was. And one day at home by myself, after an hour of being online, looking at all my medical issues, I heard the Lord ask me, do you want to be made well? And, well, Jesus, of course you know I do. Of course, I believe in healing. He asked again, do you want to be made well? And I said, oh, man. And I realized that this thing that has attacked my body, has attacked my throat, they're, 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 they're saying that, you know, it, they don't know how bad it is. They're saying that now they're trying to um, look for and eliminate cancer. That was the next test I had were biopsies. And they're saying that they had these nodules growing all around my throat. I have six to eight of them, all the size of a dime each. And you begin to imagine this in your head. And I'm thinking this. And, and Jesus says again, do you want to, to be made well? And I'm like, but, but I saw the ultrasound, God. I saw the things growing all around my throat. I saw what happened. And then I started thinking, of course the enemy would attack my throat. It's my weapon. Some of you can run fast. Some of you can exercise. Praise the Lord. Some of you can dance beautifully. But my voice is what I use to rebuke the devil. My voice is what I use to give God praise. My voice is what I use to say, God, I love you, and for you, I will live for you. My voice is what I use to pray, cover my children in Jesus' name. My voice is what God gave me, the thing that God, of course it would make sense. And then I began to think of how dare I let this little small affliction. See, the word of God calls when we go through small afflictions. How can I let a small affliction mess with me in a way to where I'm almost canceling out the blessings of my life? 
I've got a husband that preaches around the nation and is a great pastor and a father. I've got a son who can preach his pants off. Praise the Lord. He's a great preacher. I've got my daughters who love Jesus, and the worst thing they do is stay at church too late. Inside joke. <laughs> I got mad at my daughter because she was out too late at church. Pray for me. And I'm thinking, my life is so blessed. My life is so complete. If these things are the size of a dime, why am I letting 60 cents stop what God has done for me? God has done too much for me to let a 60 cent illness stop me from moving forward in the promises of God. And I'm saying that to you, woman of God. I know it feels like you're going through a lot, but God has done more for you. He's bigger than how you feel. He's bigger than what you're going through. He's bigger than your sickness. He's bigger than your ailment. He's bigger than your problem. God is a good God. Come on and give him praise. Hallelujah. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? I understand when you're feeling symptoms that they're real. And if you're sick tonight, I don't want to uh, dumb down or diminish how you feel. I understand that the symptoms you have exist. But you cannot allow symptoms to be your existence. So I'm mad. Jesus says, do you want to be made well? And so I go to my piano because the one thing I had not done yet I'd, I'd been, I'd been coming to church, I'd been, you know, speaking the word by faith, I had been um, reading my Bible, and I had been online watching WebMD, praise the Lord, I'd done all that, but the one thing I had not done since it started back in February was worship. I was too consumed with the reality, our minds are trip women of God. One day we're like, I can do it, next day it's like, I'm dying. Do you know I told Pastor that? I told pastor, my husband, I said, honey, I feel like I'm dying. And he said, the devil is a lie. Girl, you're going to go old, get have grandkids. What are you tripping off of? You know, pastor gives no sympathy. He's like, shake it off. You're fine. <laughs> I went to the doctor, and they're talking about sending me to an oncologist, and pastor goes, she don't need that. She's good. Now, now what does she need to do? When's the surgery? Take it out. I hadn't worshipped, I hadn't worshipped. So, so I reminded myself, maybe I should try what I know works. Because you all know my story of pastor, what we went through and all the hell and marriage was falling apart, I was losing my mind. Do you realize the majority of that was worship that got me through that time? 90% of my struggle was solved with worship. I had my little Casio keyboard and I would put my kids to sleep and I would find about eight double D batteries, praise the Lord, I would put them in that thing with some tape because I didn't know where the back was, amen, and I would play whatever my hands would do and I would sing and worship and worship and worship. And so I go to my piano, I'm by myself, nobody's home, I sit at my piano and I begin to play a melody and I, I begin, because you understand, remember I'm on voice rest, remember they told me voice rest for three months, can't talk, and so I'm trying to protect my voice and I start to whisper, the song just came out and I'm like, by your stripes. I am healed. There's no disease living in me. By your stripes, I am healed. There's no sickness 
dwelling in me. It's not about what I feel. It's not about what I see. But it's about your promise, Jesus, you've given to me. I am healed, I am healed, I am healed. And I sing this song and I press record on my phone and I sing it and I play it and I record it and I was so happy about it and I, I sung it for an hour. I didn't even care how I sat, my voice was cracking, my voice was messed up, but I was by your stripes, I am healed. <laughs> There's no disease living in me. I kept on singing and singing and singing. I recorded it. I was so happy the kids came home. I said, kids, God gave me a song, you know, and I was all excited. I'm like, hey, you got to hear this song. It really blessed me. I really felt better after I sang it. And I pushed play. And you know how you record it and you think it sounds really good? <laughs> but then you play it back and it's like, whoa. <laughs> well, when the glory cloud was there, it was anointed. <laughs> I just turned it off because they were... <laughs> But at night, I plug my little headphones on my phone, put them in my ears, and hit repeat. By your stripes, I am healed over and over and over and over and over again, over again, over again. I kept on hearing myself sing the song that God gave me, that there's no disease living in me. There's no sickness dwelling in me. It's not about what I feel. It's not about what I see. But it's about your promise, God. You are a promise keeper. You are the benefit holder. You are a healer in Jesus' name. So as I worshiped, I found myself day by day by day, not feeling better, but fighting better. Amen. And, and listen, that's a word for someone today. Because honestly, remember I said the symptoms exist. You may not feel better as you're in your process of healing, but I'm going to show you now how you can fight better. I learned by the power of the word of God, you can fight the fight of faith. No matter what you're going through, you can fight the fight and defeat sickness no matter how you feel. You can fight the fight and have victory in Jesus' name. So every time I would feel symptoms pop up in my life, and they did and they still do even today. When I feel the symptoms of fatigue, I say, okay, Isaiah 40, 29, he gives power to the weak. And those who have no might, he increases strength. Come on, if you're tired in your body, this is a scripture. God, our Father, gives power to the weak. If you're feeling weak right now, tell God, thank you for your power. Thank you for your strength. Thank you that it lives inside of me. Fatigue, he gives power to the weak. And when I would lose my memory and I can't remember, keep staying on track of what I was saying, and I would forget my words, I'd say Proverbs 10, 7, the memory of the righteous is blessed. Come on. Come on, I, I, I say it almost once a day when my mind tries to go left and I can't remember. Oh, no, my memory is blessed, Jesus. Thank you that I am your righteousness. You call me righteous. And because of that, my memory is blessed. I'm not going to be forgetful in Jesus' name. Come on, I'm fighting better. When I was dealing with anxiety or depression because of my hormones, I remember, oh, God, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Be anxious for nothing. 
Woman of God, if you are here right now and you have an issue with uh, anxiety and you feel like you're just here, be anxious for nothing. Calm yourself down. God's got it all in control. He knows the plan of your life. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. And with depression, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Do you know the peace of God guards your mind? If you have not read my book, Depression Defeated, I believe it's in the bookstore. I dealt with that many years ago. Listen, I know how that blanket of, of depression will lay almost spiritually on top of you in the morning, inviting you to grasp it and take hold of it and stay in the bed all day. I get that. I understand that. But you have to shake yourself and say, I'm not going to be comforted by depression. My only comforter is Jesus Christ. He is the true comforter. And then if I found myself having trouble breathing, Job 33 and 4 says this, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Praise God. You got a breathing problem, woman of God? Here's a scripture. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath. The breath of the Almighty gives you life. Do you know that when you're feeling bad and all of a sudden you feel okay, it's the breath of God that is breathing on the inside of you. His breath has come into you, and now you feel strong again because the Almighty gives you life. My heart would begin to race with palpitations. Psalm 73 and 26 tells me, my flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God is the strength of our heart. He's what keeps the heart beating anyway. Amen? And if my throat would hurt and I would have a hoarse voice and I'd begin to cough, all those symptoms, I would say, nope, by your stripes, God, I am healed. That's in Isaiah 53 and 5. I would speak it. I'm healed. Thank you, Lord, that you've already healed me. I'm healed. By your stripes, I am healed, God. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. I will not forget your benefits. You heal diseases, God. You heal diseases. They say I have a disease, God. You heal diseases. Amen. God, you're the God that's a healer. And if my voice was acting up and I couldn't talk, I would say, Father, thank you for healing me, Jesus. You're a God that heals, Father. I thank you that you're a healer, God. You heal me. Thank you for your healing, Father Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Nothing's going to shut me up. And that's how you should feel, woman of God. Nothing will. If I've got to whisper my way out of a situation, I will whisper. But nothing is going to shut me up or shut me down. And then the last symptom Weight gain. Oh. I have gained 55 pounds in one year, and not even the right way. Can I be real? If I was enjoying the pleasures of life, Taco Bell, Chick-fil-A, Pizza Hut, pasta, or y'all know my Oreo struggle. The vanilla ones, too. The golden Oreos that are of the devil. I promise you there's crack in the filling. <laughs> if I had been living a life of bad choices and not trying to work out and not, you know, abstaining from all that, I, 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 I'm the salad, grilled chicken, no butter, broccoli, steak for the protein. Um, I'll pass on the Cheddar Bay biscuits, praise the Lord. You know, person you could find. And I'm still gaining weight, and I did not know why. And so you have to understand that the devil couldn't use my voice to shut me up. But he found another angle to use my image. 
For those who've been following the ministry a long time, I lost 100 pounds at one point. Looking like Beyonce, hey. <laughs> Not really, but almost. Once I got that tummy tuck, it'd be on and popping. Praise the Lord. But when you lose that much weight and you speak to women about being in control and being self-controlled and discipline and discipline, and I believe in all that. I think that's a very important part of our Christian walk is discipline. We've got to take care of our bodies. It is. Some people drink, some people smoke, some people overeat. It's still an issue, okay? So I, I get that. I understand that. I, I understand your struggle. I get it. So I believe in discipline. I believe in take care of your temple. I believe, but see, this weight kept on growing on me, and I'm like, my God, I'm gaining this weight. I know I'm not eating like I shouldn't. I, I know I'm not. I'm trying, I'm trying to go to the gym. I'm trying to do it, but I kept on gaining this weight, and it was, so, it was so bad that I began to feel shamed, embarrassed. I'm being totally vulnerable with you guys right now. I would stop. Why do you think my TV show's off the air? Did anybody think about that? I couldn't stand seeing myself on TV. And I told pastor, honey, for budget cut's sake, we should cut my show. Of course, pastor loves to cut budgets, absolutely. <laughs> Great idea, honey. But if I could be honest with you all, it's because I did not like how I looked on TV. I felt like I was a bad representative of the body of Christ. You have to understand, there is pressure when you're a preacher. You can only look a certain type of way. It's no different than Hollywood. I'm sorry, y'all, hate to brush the bubble. It's, it, it helped me, Jesus, with my words. People expect you to look a certain way to represent, especially when you're a woman. You can have chubby preachers all day. Name me one chubby woman. They're, they're not. And see, the, the sad thing about it is when you're dealing with weight, it's an obvious sin you can see. And it's a sin in my life because I know what God told me to do with myself, okay? So it's my struggle. But if you're... 90 pounds, nobody thinks you're throwing up your food at night. Right? We just think you're perfect and all in shape, and we don't know you're eating five hamburgers on the way here, binging in the bathroom, and then praising the Lord. But because we live in this society, how you look world, it's just an image portrayed. And so I felt like I looked out of discipline. I looked out of shape. I was ashamed of myself. I avoided cameras. I stopped doing the TV show. I didn't want to do any videotaping. The enemy found a way to shut me down. And I'm just barely sharing this with you all right now. I haven't even told Pastor this yet. But I came to grips with something. The enemy's strategy is always to stop the kingdom of God from expanding, right? It has nothing to do with you, woman of God. What you're going through has nothing to do with you. Satan's always trying to stop your sphere of influence to shut down and no longer be effective. And so he will use anything, anyone, anybody, doesn't matter, just to make you stop moving forward. I realize that that's what the enemy has done to me in these few short months, these years of wanting me to shut down and hide away, and then maybe I'll be okay later. But I had to come to realize, listen, even in my state, I still have a word. E even in my state, I still love Jesus. Even in my condition, I still serve a Christ that loves me for me. I tell you women all the time, you better love yourself where you are, and I mean that right now. You better love your lips, your hips, and your fingertips. Come on, remember? You need to love everything about you right now. Lucia said it, right now. You've got to thank God for where you are right now. Not where you will be in 10 years and not where you'll be in 20 pounds. Let me tell you, losing weight doesn't fix your mind.
It doesn't. I see pictures of myself where I was so skinny, I looked like a brat dog because my head was so big. And Pastor even told me, Kelly, you look weird. Please gain some weight. But even my mind was so messed, I was still 314 pounds in my mind. So don't think that your mind will get fixed because you lose a couple of pounds. You've got to love who you are, where you are right now. <coughs> so, so this is what I say about the weight gain from, from now on. I'm serious. I had a strong talk with the Lord all weekend about this. I realized today that I am a curvy Christian. plus size preacher come on somebody and here's my favorite I got a Bible and a booty come on ladies give God praise your daughters God we praise you tonight that I might not feel better but I fight better you may not feel better but you fight better come on you're gonna fight better you're gonna fight longer you're gonna fight stronger no weapon formed against you shall prosper you will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord you are mighty and strong and anointed and beautiful and blessed and you will be healed come on if you believe that stand up and give God praise you will be healed you will be healed Say it, I will be healed. I will be healed. I will be healed. I will be healed. Come on, ladies, give God a shout of praise in this place. Hey! Keep on rejoicing. I feel God moving in this place. Father, we thank you, God. We press into your presence right now, God. We say, God, touch our bodies. Touch our minds. Touch our soul. Touch our sickness. Take it in the name of Jesus. By your stripes we are healed. There's no disease living in me. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. 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 And forget not his benefits who forgives your iniquities and he heals your disease he redeemed your life from destruction he crowned you with tender mercy he satisfies your mouth 
with good things so that your youth is renewed. I'm believing God that I am personally going to come out of this better. Amen. I have an appointment with a surgeon coming up real quick with a plan to remove my entire thyroid. I'm believing God they'll do an ultrasound. There'll be nothing there. Amen. I, by faith, I'm believing. And I told the Lord, if there is something there and you remove it, I want you to magically fix my vocal cords, Jesus, so I can sing like Celine Dion, Father, Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, and Lucia Parker, all in one. And I'm believing the same for you, everyone in here, everyone in here. If you're dealing with a sickness, raise your hand up. This is not a negative confession. This is called healing time. Raise your praise. I'm believing healing in the name of Jesus. I know what the doctor said, but we serve a doctor that lives in heaven and he sees everything going on on earth. And Father, we thank you right now that all these women are healed and blessed. If they've got family members that are sick, we call them well in Jesus' name. God, we are your people. We live by faith, God. We believe that you will take sickness from the midst of us. It's part of your benefit package in Psalm 103, God. You died for us so we could be healed from disease. Thank you, Father. I'm going to do something tonight. I prayed about it. The Lord put it on my heart strong. And you all know me to be a true woman of God. I would not tell you to do anything that the Lord did not lead me to do. But you all know, I told you about the co-pays, the co-pays, the co-pays, the co-pays we have. And then they, we don't even have an answer. Some of you right now have been doing the same thing like I've been, going to doctor and doctor and paying co-pays and then hoping they find something and there's nothing. You know, I want to challenge those of you that are really fighting something or that know somebody that's fighting something. I want to challenge you tonight to sow that copay into the kingdom. I'm telling you, I heard from the Lord. I'm a woman of God. I would not make this up. Some of your copays are $5, some are 10, some like me are 40. Whatever it is, you know what your copay is. If you're dealing and struggling and you're like me and you, you sow that money into man, I encourage you, sow the money into the kingdom. I'm not saying that God's gonna heal you if you give. I'm saying that at least you know there's an investment in the kingdom of God where you can say, God, I've sowed into man over and over again, but I sowed into you, Father. I, I sow money into you, God, and I'm believing that you are going to lead me and direct me in the right way. And I believe if you don't take it all away, Jesus, that you will find the right person in my life to remove this thing that is stealing my resources and stealing my time and stealing my joy and messing with my quality of life. So if that's you, I want you to prepare whatever that copay is. Copay is that's between you and God, and I want us to sow it. I've never done this. You all know me. I'm not that type of person, but I know what the Lord told me. And it's only for those. You don't have to. But those that you know, I, I'm always sowing into the doctor. I'm going to sow into the real doctor tonight who has my answer. Jesus Christ has the answer. You can all be seated while you prepare because I believe that God's going to do something amazing, not because of me, but because of your faith. Because of your faith. I'm going to pray for you all before you go too, but I'm telling you, I heard this clear as day, and I'm not ashamed to say it or do it because I know what God said. 
When you sow into the kingdom of God, you're sowing by faith. The only thing we have valuable to give the Lord besides, well, he doesn't want our life. He wants us to.